right, I do got a couple of, of commercials I got to do right off the top. Oh. Commercial for a different beer company. It was like, well, this. <laughs> oh wait, I swore. <laughs> there you go. You're gonna Fil- have to keep him real. Filthy, in. filthy mouth comedians. Yeah, I can't even be a comedian. Not that funny. <laughs> Well, thank you for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. You're listening to episode 214. Uh, would be 215, but I recorded one episode that I never aired. Just one. This podcast brought to you by the Sheridan Group. <laughs> DJ, this this guy that used to work with Matt here uh, got so drunk we couldn't... Uh, we could barely finish it, let alone post it. It was uh, so. DJ Sheridan, good to good to think about you right now. You are brought to we are brought to you this week by this is a special special uh, special sponsorship that we just got today. Alvarez Tire in Chino Valley. I needed tires for my truck, and uh, they, they, <laughs> they got yeah. We got brand new tires for the Dodge. Eh, pretty much. Pretty close to free. Pretty close to free. Alvarez Tire, your neighborhood tire store, 1574 South Highway 89 in Chino Valley. AlvarezTire.net. Thanks, Raul, for taking care of me and our, our, our Mile High Show mobile studio. Give them a call, 928-636-1771. Hey, Maddie, you bought tires at a former sponsorship. Uh, try, uh, try, uh, no, Tire Doctor in Chino. What they hit you up for? What do you remember? Do you remember? How much? Yeah. How much did they? For your tires? It was like one tire. No. For how much for your set? Remember you got your set for your truck when your dad bought them? Oh, okay. Even after the sponsorship, that's like sacrilege. Man, maybe that's why they are no longer. Maybe that. Maybe that's why they're not sponsoring the show anymore. Thanks. Now yeah. we got to bleep and we, out. And we're going to say nice things about Alvarez if you want to no. get them balanced later. Alvarez Tire in Chino Valley took care of us today, so shoot by for the best deal on the best tires in Chino Valley. Also, Big Daddy E's Barbecue. You guys have, have you ever eaten at Big Daddy E's Barbecue Not in Chino yet. Valley? Excellent food. It is fantastic. They got some weird hours though. Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Except Fridays, they're open until 7. Live music on the patio. BDEBBQ.com on Butterfield Road, 380 Butterfield Road in Chino Valley. They're kind of the ongoing, every episode sponsor to the show. Because one of the things they uh, do for me uh, and for the Mile High Show is when I go to road trip shows, which we have coming up, on another sponsorship that ties in right with what we're going to be talking about with our guests today from the Mile High Comedy Theater. Uh, we're going to be talking about comedy, storytelling, improv, uh, the upcoming show at the Elks Theater on October 5th. You guys are all in that, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things Eric does, it, over Eric Veneer, the owner of Big Daddy's Barbecue in Chino Valley, is when I go on the road for specifically comedy festivals, he loads me up on the way. Nice. Last year, for the Big Pine Comedy Festival, which we will be returning to next week, September 18th through the 22nd, last year he loaded me up with like 15 pounds of pulled pork, four slabs of ribs, a bunch of sides, a bunch of T-shirts to give out at, and to, to feed a lot of the comics that were at Big Pine last year. So you gave out the T-shirts and kept the meat. I see no, where this is going. No, that meat went fast. <laughs> it went fast at Big Pine headquarters. Now, Big Pine Comedy Festival is returning to Flagstaff, Arizona next week, September 18th through the 22nd. BigPineComedyFestival.org. Get, get a little, get a little, see if you guys know any of these names. You guys comedy fans, I'm assuming. Absolutely. This is who's showing up to Big Pine 19. Tony Baker, Andy Steinberg, Jim Brewer, Jackie Fabulous, Michael Longfellow from Conan O'Brien. You know Michael. He's re- he, he's performed here in Prescott a couple of times. Uh, Jamie Kennedy, the Jamie Kennedy experience. And what was that, Malibu's Most Wanted? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jill Kimmel, Lisa Landry, Miss Pat. If you guys do not know Miss Pat, 
find Miss Pat. Just Google Miss Pat. Some of the wildest stories you will ever hear. Ari Shafir's uh, This Is Not Happening. She is one of the favorites on that show. Uh, Kat Alvarado, Bruce Jingles. I, I love Bruce. He's a good guy. Ari Manis, Gregory Romero Wilson are just some of the names that are at Big Pine Comedy Festival 2019 in Flagstaff next week. And then we... The Mile High Show are returning as one of the feature podcasts. We're going to be recording about 25 podcasts uh, during the festival live in front of audiences. We're on the main stage at the green, uh, the green Room on Thursday afternoon. You won't be there Thursday, huh? You going up on Friday? You going Friday? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of free shows and a lot of, uh, of ticketed shows. You can find out all the pricing information, ticket information, festival pass information, and, of course, the full list of free shows at BigPineComedyFestival.org. And oh, I'm going to hit a few of them. I don't, I don't know which ones. Whatever ones they'll let me on. And the final, final sponsor for this week's 214th, what did I say, 214th? 214th episode is the Elks Theater right here in Prescott, Arizona. The PrescottElksTheater.com. We love the Elks. Who will? But now you guys, you you guys being our guests today, members of the Mile High Comedy Theater, that's where you're based out of, right? Your classroom is right there. We have our rehearsals there, our performances there. Nice. They're great to us. October 5th, 7 p.m., a full night of comedy improv. Uh, they're really lowering the bar on stand-up this this one. Yeah, Kevin that's, that's Rose. Kevin Rose comedy will be the uh, headliner for the stand-up portion. He's got some bozo opening for him. Prescottelkstheater.com, uh, 7 p.m. on October 5th, the Mile High Comedy Theater will be performing, and some of those performers are right here with us today. Mr. Amos Owen. Anna, I'm going to butcher your last name. What's the last name again? Chainsaw. Pronounce it Chainsaw. Anna Chainsaw. <laughs> Anna McCulloch. Something like that. Close enough. She's nodding, which is great for an audio-only podcast. And Liz, no D in Rogers Rogers. That's right. Let's meet all of you first off. Let's just go around the horn here. Uh, Amos. Yeah, Amos that's, Owen, that's me. Where, wh- what's hometown for you? Are you been, were you born and raised here in the area? Where, I, where are you I from? I was not. I, I came from the northeast, the great wilderness of Vermont, fighting bears. Vermont? Vermont, yeah. Fighting, fighting bears. That's what we do. And we look at leaves change. <laughs> now, how long, how long have you been in this area? I moved here in 2008, so 11 years I've been here. 11 years. Nice, nice. So, I'm get, okay, you've been here for 11 years. You moved here when you were seven. Yes, yes. So how old were you when you moved here? I was moved 22. Here? Okay, as an adult. Okay, yeah. married, single, kids? I, uh, what do you uh, got? Recently married, long-time parent. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I... That's I, backwards. I so, you living in sin? <laughs> no, no, I, w- I was... <laughs> I, I was married once before uh, ah. for a long time, and then I fixed it, and then I was happy again. <laughs> I about had a kid out of it, so I'm still stuck with her for a while. How old's your your child? Oh, uh, she's 13 now. A Thir- 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very so nice. She's, yeah, she's 13. She's starting to do really well. She's been kind of a pain in the ass for a while, but yeah. she's a lot better now. Yeah, I've got a not well, 10. Just turned 10. 10-year-old. Uh, he was born when I was already fairly old. So I'm, everybody thought he was my grandson when I started taking him around to the stores. I, and actually, so funny story. Now that the daughter's 13, she's starting to grow up into the next phase of does adulthood. She, does she hate you yet? <laughs> no, actually, she likes me more than she used to. Oh, she nice. started, she's doing this backwards. She's got it all wrong with the schedule. But So a few weeks ago, they had uh, one of these craft shows down on the, on the square. Yeah. And we're going through the different booths just to kill time. And one of these uh, jewelry pushers comes up and he's... And uh, the kid's looking at something. She's 13, some bracelet or earrings or whatever. And she goes, oh, okay. Well, I make you a deal. Normally, I sell this for 65 But since the boyfriend is paying, it's $25 today. <laughs> and I went, excuse me? And I didn't, think, you know, I didn't try to think too much of it, you know, that it was the next phase of life. And then a week later, I'm buying liquor at Walmart. And then at the cash, going through the self-checkout, I get carded. And then the woman's like, so what's the relationship here? And I'm like, <laughs> That's my daughter. <laughs> <Can> we... <laughs> so now we're getting into the uh, the Paulden phase. 
yeah, of our really relationship where you can't be buying her alcohol. Well, you know, I didn't tell her that it was for the kid, but the Thir- kid's got a problem. She gets really thirteen, a- late starter. You know, if, if she if she doesn't get her wine, she gets violent. So, <laughs> <laughs> I do not envy you. I uh, I when I was thirteen, I did not uh, understand women. I'm fifty three now. Do not understand women. I would hate to have to try and pretend to raise one. It's it's I it's a, it's a complete mystery to me. So I was. When when we found out my wife was pregnant, and you know you got that period of time when you're not sure you know what to expect, and when we finally found out that we were having a little boy, I was so relieved, and I made no no uh, pretense of not being relieved. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to be open with her, and you know, and talk about all the you know, the different issues that they come up with now, and it was really funny. It was actually just yesterday. Uh, we're driving, and she says, "Dad." What's sexuality? Is that just who you like? I was like, well, that's part of it. And we go through the whole thing. And I said, why do you ask? Who are you, ta- who are you talking to? Yeah. She's on her phone. And I was like, oh, this is one of my friends, you know, girlfriend, the same age that lives up in the, like, the Portland area. And I said, okay, that's fine. It's all natural. It's part of life. It's part of your own path of figuring things out. I just had to make sure you weren't talking to Ray from down the street. <laughs> yeah. Because I wouldn't be doing my job. Yeah. The if guy I didn't that ask. works at the Circle K. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was curious. <laughs> he seemed like a nice and guy. He had a bag of candy. He, I don't know what was He charged me 59 on. cents for a 79 cent <laughs> big gulp. I think he likes me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not, do not envy you. Now, how, how long have you uh, been associated with the Mile High Comedy Theater? Uh, since the reincarnation of this, uh, so March, past, yeah. March, February, like something like yeah. that. I think. And then we and we've had the one show with the the, the newer troupe, the Christopher Royer headlining. Yeah, good yep. friend we of were, mine, Christopher. Yeah, that was a that was a good show. We sold three hundred and ninety nine nice. tickets, which was the biggest single audience I ever performed for. And when I found out that it was three ninety nine, I felt guilty for not buying a ticket for nobody <laughs> just to get that nice round four hundred, <laughs> just for my own ego boost. I want to get back to a little of your history. Let's keep going. Anna, you you are a an East Coast native as well? Uh, yes, this is true. Although you can't tell by my accent. <laughs> Where from? Um, New York City. New I grew York up City. in the Bronx. The yeah. Bronx. <laughs> and you are now in Prescott. Single? Married? Divorced. Happily divorced. Happily divorced. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now you sound like uh, my wife's wish list, I think, is what you <laughs> <laughs> we hit 25 years this coming spring. We just we just That's went awesome. over 24. Congratulations! Yeah. How many so, years did you get on your sentence? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, no my my, my birth certificate has an expiration date. It's, uh, <laughs> the marriage license didn't. No, we uh we got I got married kind of late in life. I was almost 30, 28, 29, almost 29. Um, so we're here. I've I've got friends of mine who are you know significantly younger than me that are 24, 25 years already and our grandparents and I'm like I love, yeah we got like I said we got one child we got a 10 year old and uh, so I will be in my uh, in my 60s when he is graduating high school not looking forward to that any kids in that, in I that have uh, a, now defunct happily divorced marriage I sure I have a two year old I usually say 27-month-old, but people are, like, really annoyed. They look at me like, so he's two? I'm like, yeah. At what point can you stop using months? Well, the average person should stop using months once the child turns one. Yeah. Myself, however, which I had to explain to this friend, I can use months for infinity long because I work with children and I do, like developmental assessments on them which are month by month and week by week for infants so I have the uh, okay to forever use months I'm 636 months old I was I just going to ask just, you I just looked at my calculator which oddly enough is the uh, prefix for the phone numbers in Chino Valley where you can find Alvarez tires at six three six one seven seven one. How'd you like that segue, huh? Oh, well, Nick's gonna. How do you like this segue? Chino Valley is where I work at the Head Start in Chino Valley. Oh, nice. Down the street from Alvarez tires and now Head Start BBQ. right across from the courthouse. Uh, the from the library. Court in the library. Yeah, the courthouse right next. Yes, I do sir. a lot of work for the town of Chino. Synchronicity. My wife works. She's an employee of the town, and I am a contractor for the town. Uh, her office is on the back side of the uh, of the uh, library right there. So Head Start is where you, uh, when you're passing by, you have to immediately slow down if you see a policeman, and you don't if you if you don't. 
Uh, if you Correct. don't see the policeman. Oh, man, that corner right there at three. Yeah, and that's the, where I pull yeah. my vape away. Yeah. Because the policemen can be on foot. They can be in the car. They can be in the helicopter. They're right ag- on you the never other side know. of the library, the Chino but PV. they're the Chino PV, so they're probably not even looking at you. Uh, they, they pull me over on a regular basis. Well, just that's, to say, I, just I, to I, say no, hi, I'm, exactly. I, let me tell you a story. We used to have a, a, a Chevy Blazer that had something wrong with the headlight, the, the driver's side headlight. I changed the bulb, changed the whole housing, changed the wiring harness. It, no, I couldn't figure out where the short was, but if I hit a bump or just periodically, it would go out. And my hours are really weird, so a lot of times, you know, 2, 3 in the morning, I'm, I'm going home. One headlight, they're cruising for drunks. Uh, so I'd get pulled over once a month, for, and get, they'd check my stuff. Most of them knew me, uh, but they would initially pull me over for the bad headlight. Get it fixed. Well, I have. I had all the receipts here. I bought this. I bought. I can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. But if I punched it, it would turn back on. It got to the point after about a year and a half. One officer in particular, good buddy of mine, coming the opposite way behind me, wherever he would pull me over. Get on two o'clock in the morning. Get on the loudspeaker. Matt, stay in the car. He'd run over. Hit it, turn it on, get back in the car, and wave. I'd go, I'd go back home. Oh, see, That's when you awesome. when you said if I punched it, I thought they were just gonna think you were trying to outrun them. Like you punched no, it. No, no, I had to physically punch the light, <laughs> and it would turn back on. So what would you do for a missing rearview mirror? <laughs> what would I do for a missing rearview mirror? Them. Not back up. <laughs> Well, I definitely wouldn't be putting my makeup on in the car. I do mine at home. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did this just for radio today, actually. I. Uh, they were doing some work on Reed Road last year, and they dropped the speed limit from 45 to 15. And at 3 a.m. coming home, I'm not, nobody's out there working, so I'm slowing down to 20. Got pulled over. Again, they were cruising for drunks. I didn't get a ticket. They just said, oh, okay, we didn't know it was you. See you later. The very next night, got pulled over for doing 18. The third night in a row... For doing 22, so 20. You did 18, not learn your lesson. Tw- not paying attention. I'm You're driving, a menace to doing society. Up in the middle of the I night. don't say anything. I'm coming home. I do a lot of shooting at night, do a lot of recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work in Phoenix a lot at some of the clubs, so, you know, I'm coming home. I'm leaving Phoenix at midnight. And you look home. suspicious, so they pull yeah, you over. You know, it's a, it, nobody's on the road in Chino Valley at that night unless exactly. they're leaving a bar or, in my case, coming home from work. But I got town of Chino. Closed on Fridays for the most part. They're a Monday through Thursday operation. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, you know, it was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. I don't say anything because I didn't get a ticket. Never told my wife. It was no big deal. Knew the cops each time. Don't say a word. I get a phone call at 10 a.m. on Monday morning from my wife at work. She goes, so, you weren't going to tell me you got pulled over? The rat finks ratted me out. <laughs> they all called and said, hey, we pulled over your husband. Did he tell you? No. <laughs> They're a bunch of... Yeah. Well, we yeah. know who Small they really town. like. Oh, no. Yeah, they do. Chief of Police, Chuck Wynn, he told my wife if she ever needs to get rid of the body, he can show her how and coach her through the interview. I thought he was joking. I looked. At, I asked him one time at a council meeting. I said, hey, I heard you had that conversation with my wife. It was pretty funny. He goes, I wasn't joking. We like her better than you. Dead Does he serious. offer that service to everybody? <laughs> I don't know. Are you looking? <laughs> Brings up our next guest here. Liz Rogers married, sounds like. <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> well, you're trying to get rid of a body. That's a good sign. I taught my children very young. The first question they ask him is, do you have life insurance? And the second one is, who is the beneficiary? <laughs> then anything goes. I don't have life insurance. My wife's still trying to get rid of me. I don't know. What I, oh, oh, see, now that's just bad planning. Think, no, that shows you how bad it is. That you, <laughs> well, that you know of. She may have a great big policy out on you that trust she hasn't me, told you about. Trust me, nobody's insuring this. <laughs> it's not I got rejected, so I don't think you have that chance. <laughs> I, I blew out a tire. I ride a bike, motorcycle. I blew out a tire doing about 75. Her first question is, how's the bike? I, I, it's fine. I, I'm okay, too. I didn't drop it. And she goes, well, yeah, I, I want to know about the bike. You have no she, resale value. She goes, the bike's expensive. <laughs> Dead true. 100% true. Well, bodies heal. Bikes just sit there broken. I mean, no. True she, story. She's not even worried about that healing part. <laughs> I think she's looking for a ticket out. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You well, you were cle- <laughs> you, you, you were clearly talking to her on the phone. You called her and said you blew a tire. Yeah. So she said, "Oh, you know what? The the face area is still there." 
You know, medical bills was. and mechanical bills. Those are yeah. both pretty both high. Can you, yeah, yeah, can you even compare bad. that? <laughs> so, Anne and Liz, you guys, how long have you been with the troupe, the theater group? So with the reincarnated, well, obviously I've been with the reincarnated troupe since it reincarnated. And I have some roots with the OG tribe nice, of nice. the uh, grassroots Mile High Comedy Theater. And I'm just the, spitting about a bunch who, of words that who, sound sexy. <laughs> who else has returned? Is, uh, is Annie O'Connor's out of state now. She's in California, I think. Right. Who else is back? Who, what are some of the familiar faces? we got Cynthia Sobo, obviously. Yes. Uh, Cisco Ortiz. Yes. Jennifer Maxwell, who we saw here not that long ago. Who else? What other names we got? And Bliss Streetman. I'd have to see a face. I probably oh, you would know Bliss yeah. if you saw her. You, you wouldn't you would see a face her. if she was behind a counter because she's not very tall. <laughs> she makes me feel tall. <laughs> and who Sorry, else? Sorry, Bliss. Else we got? Is Jantina Russell back in or no? She's not back. She has a program. I don't know, we'll look on the Mile High Facebook page. We shared it. They have an improv uh, at the high school that she's doing, I think, tomorrow yeah. night. So she's active in the... Jantina's uh, uh, been a guest on the show before. And uh, she is uh, a real active directing the, uh, the theater group at Bradshaw Mountain uh, High School sure out in Prescott is. Valley. So what brought you to this group? It was what? They went dark in 17? 2016, 2017 for a couple years. Came back earlier this year. Yeah. What what brought you into the group? What 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 was the uh, originally? Yeah. What was the oh, desire? Oh, I to did come in? improv back in New York City. Nice. We sucked, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Mile High is like way better. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was cool because I've always like I have just roots in it, and um, I like funny stuff. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I auditioned the same day Amos did. We uh, went through that process together, so I'm new to the group as well. An early Sunday morning, if I remember correctly, wasn't it? Yes, it, it was. Yeah. Yes, and actually, I it was a complete whim for me to go. Um, why did you? Why you? What? What did? What even planted the seed? What was the? Anna actually, no. she had posted. She posted something. Oh my god, I'm gonna oh. cry. And I, re- I remember, I reached out to you and I said, "Okay, I'm thinking about doing this. I haven't done theater in years. I refer to it as being released from my hostage situation. <laughs> my kids are now 17 and 18, gotcha. and uh, okay. as long as I leave car keys and a debit card, I can leave yeah. the house now. Uh, they <laughs> refer to it as my midlife crisis." <laughs> They say anybody who goes back and does improv as an adult is obviously suffering from some kind of mental deficiency or <laughs> something along those lines. But I just went out on a whim. I never actually expected to make it. But you have some theater background? I what, did. Like what? Oh, what, what, what were you in? Community theater? School? Uh, what I was did it? community theater. I played Juliet one year. I played Kate in Taming of the Shrew. I did uh, yeah, a lot of uh, Shakespeare stuff yeah. and a lot of other stuff. and. I've always been a smart ass, so now I get to do it <laughs> for a reason. Yeah. Nice, nice. And <laughs> you were you were doing improv in New York, back east? Yeah, that was a long time ago. I've been in Prescott for over a decade. Yeah. What type of improv were you doing? What, I mean, were you doing it as performance or as just exercise? No, know- it was a performance. Okay. I mean, we would meet. It was, um, God, I can't remember. Was it? It was called, like, New York Comedy Club, and it was called The Grown-Ups Playground. I wonder if they're still around. Our director was pretty awesome. She was in some movies and stuff. Nice. So she started it for fun, and people would just, like, show up. You'd, like, read Backstage Magazine and go to, like, whatever. Or I would. I don't know about yeah. you. <laughs> or I don't think everybody did this in New York, but I did. And then just go to random auditions and just, like... The, the reason I ask is because I, I do know a lot of folks who have been involved in improv, and some do it because... For the creative muscles to stretch and to to perform and to get on stage and get that feedback, others do it. I, I've known several who have done it, uh, got into improv to assist with, like in their careers, public speaking and for teaching. A lot of teachers that I knew were involved in improv groups. Not even the aspect of performing; it was more to kind of stretch those mental muscles to to think on their feet, to be able to speak publicly in other aspects. The the improv theater, the theaters that they were involved with was more of just a, a vehicle to get better at what they were already doing. So I just wasn't sure. How about you, Amos? What, uh, what, what has been your performance uh, history? Uh, well, so 
<laughs> That's a funny story. Anyway, so uh, when I was in eighth grade, does this involve buying alcohol for thirteen-year-olds, or is that? Well, yes, that's why you said when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, when I, when I was in eighth grade, yeah, yeah, I was on, I was on the receiving end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, there, there was a mandatory uh, Shakespeare play every year put on by the eighth-grade class, and so I was forced into being Hamlet. I don't know why. I had a D average, and the teacher's like, "You're Hamlet," and I said, "What the?" F-? Uh, I caught myself there. I almost went. Anyway, and then uh, that was my only theatrical experience up until uh, a number three, four years ago now. Uh, My wife, then girlfriend's co-worker's husband's co-worker. His roommate's sister's nephew's dog. We're we're saying (laughs) distant somehow. Is it? I didn't know her. I knew knew her name. I knew I had seen her once before, but if you had asked me to pick her out of a police lineup, I wouldn't have done it. Anyway, so they were doing a Rocky Horror Show at the Uh Elks Theater, and they couldn't find a Rocky. And she had seen me at karaoke drunk yelling into a microphone. Apparently, that was enough for a winning audition. And she's like, hey, this guys he's tall and blonde, and he's in, I guess, okay shape, and we need a Rocky. So So she talked to her coworker who talked to his wife who talked to my girlfriend who said... Amber says, would you come please, please, please be Rocky? And I said, who? (laughs) (laughs) So my introduction to theater was being rolled out onto stage under this tarp that was, had all the, you know, blocked out all light of day. Wearing gold underwear. And then this gets ripped off of me. That was just a good byproduct. Um, (laughs) This this thing gets ripped off of me. It's at the Elks and all the under uh, the balcony lights that are blinding me. And I'm three measures and I'm going to sing a song and I've never sung in front of people sober. (laughs) And usually I've got the words on a TV and, uh, and I'm in tiny gold shorts and boots, and that was my introduction to theater. Oh. Welcome to showbiz. Yeah, yeah. So I figured, <laughs> I, you know, if I could start here, I guess sky's the limit. You know, I guess. Um, so then I did a couple shows with the Prescott Center for the Arts in town. Nice. Um, I started getting some starring roles and things almost right off the Very bat nice. with some really big, big bits. Uh, comedy really became my, my what I got known for there. Uh, side note, also got known for being the first person in Prescott Center for the Arts history to go on stage full nude. Did that? I when did that, was that? Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a show called The Naked Truth. They wanted me to do a cameo. <laughs> there was a, it was just a little bit. I had about 30 seconds of stage time, and the director called me on my birthday. It was also was press night, and he said, hey, would you come be on stage in your birthday suit for your birthday? And I said, what do you need? <laughs> How much did they pay you? How much they, does it cost to see you naked, Amos? They How much paid did me, he pay them? What they did is they said, okay, well, so now that fish the sh- full of singles is what <laughs> they said. There's now that, where to put it. They said, now that you've done it once, uh, be creative. Now, th- now that you've done it once, we're going to need you to do this for the run of the show. So, another uh, couple weekends, you're going to have to come out here Thursday through Who Sunday. Who directed that show? His name was Rob White. He's, uh, he's definitely a creative, eccentric mind. Yeah. I know a few of the folks over there that I've worked with on different projects. Is that's a great, uh, yeah. that's a great troop over there. Great group of people. So uh, interesting side story there, though. That one of the other uh, members of that cast played Frankenfurter the first time I did Rocky <laughs> Horror Show. So we had a little bit of background. So I came out full naked, and he's playing this uh, concierge yeah. at this at this hedonistic style hotel, and he's got this semicircle desk that he stands behind for most of it. And, uh, that would have came in handy if he, he was naked. Well, he had a little bit of an attraction to me early uh, in the other <laughs> show. Yeah, we, we can't be great, great friends anyway. And uh, so one night, I, I had this gag in mind that I was going to do on stage, which you're not supposed to do, but I, <laughs> I never was much for rules. Anyway, so I, I finally get it there, and uh, because I'm naked, I got my hands over the, the naughty bit so that, you know, there's still decency laws here. <laughs> and so one night I get there and there's these two seats that are empty on the other side of him so nobody can actually see what I'm about to do as far as naughty bits go so I went over his name was Clark in the show and I said instead of giving my line I went Clark it's so good to see you and I went behind his desk and gave him a great big bear hug <laughs> and he we come off stage after the lights go down I, I come off and after the lights scene ends he comes off he goes you <laughs> beep and he goes my parents are here tonight <laughs> He's writing down notes where he has he to is. now edit. He's like, yeah, he's got he's got ta- <laughs> he's got tally marks there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so then I did a, a few more things, and then the, so I saw this Facebook post for this improv comedy thing, and I said that'd be fun. And I just saw that it was you know a thing, and then there was going to be a yeah. show at the Elks, and I said I don't know what kind of improv following there is in Prescott. I'm thinking the Elks is too big a venue that it's going to feel too empty. There's not going to be enough people, but it's, it's it's another outlet for comedy things. And I got there, and these and uh, 
there's an Improvatonian crew in town, which is a little bit looser. Yeah. This one's a bit more structured. So I was like, okay, oh, these people, they're taking it seriously. And after I after I uh, was cast and then committed, then they said, okay, this is a paying gig. And I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nice. I'm a professional. <laughs> and they said, also, we've got another show in the fall, and we're going to get four more shows next year. I'm like, I was married once. I'm scared of commitment. <laughs> Well, when I when I had heard when I talked to Cynthia oh several months ago back in the in the winter as she was gearing up again, and uh, they were able to lock in that association with the Elks, and she was giving me a little bit of background of what they uh, what they had planned. It was very exciting to hear because we do have a thirst for more outlets, more creative outlets here. There's so many, you know. There's a lot of music, obviously, up and down the row. Uh, where we are now, forgot to mention it, we're recording here at the Raven Cafe on Cortez. Great uh, supporters of the show as well. They are great supporters of the arts, visually, uh, audio, as well as some of the storytelling, the uh, Third Thursday spectacular that they do here every, every, every month with, here, which is a, a mixed open mic, poetry, stand-up, improv, singing, music, whatever you want to do. Uh, there isn't a lot of specifically comedy outlets. And that's here. what impressed us me me particularly about that first show when they told us how many tickets we had sold. Yeah. Uh, it, re- it really made it real how much of a desire there is for that kind of an outlet here yeah. and there just there isn't that style of comedy in town anywhere. What's Prescott Center for the Arts seat? Do you know? You know, man, uh, 199. 199. So, cuz I've been there for some packed houses in mm-hmm. that main theater. It's a beautiful spot and I've Talk to some touring comics that I know who want to come up and do shows, stand-ups, who want to do some shows in Prescott. And that's one of the places I'd really like to lock in. The Elks is great, and it's great for improv, it's great for theater, it's great for music. But for straight stand-up, that tall stage and that mm-hmm. big distance to that front row can be a little intimidating. Yeah. So, but that that main theater at Prescott Center for it's the Arts very is beautiful. Yeah, I've I done do, I've, yeah. I've done a few shows there. Shameless plug will be in Dracula, opening at the end uh, of October nice. for uh, two weekends. Um, but yeah, no, it is it is a great theater, and it is you can if you fall off stage, you will be in somebody's yeah. lap. I we're trying. I got a couple of buddies of mine that Maddie here knows some of them, and, and we uh, we're trying to do something in 2020 there, and. Uh, haven't got the details done yet, but I, I'd really—that's kind of my dream spot to do a do a, a nice stand-up show, and we're we're trying to lock it in. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If I meet any funny people, I'll let you know. Nah. Now, you guys just improv? Do you do anything stand-up wise? I what keep you? looking at the auditions, but I have to do some travel for work, and yeah. I just can't commit. What do you do for work? I am the design and marketing manager for a national souvenir company. National souvenir company. I know. It sounds weird. I love my job. It's ridiculously silly sometimes. But yeah, we are a manufacturer of souvenirs here in Prescott. You go to Disneyland, you get off the roller coaster, you walk out through the gift shop, you'll see stuff that came from here. Interesting. Grand Canyon. Are you comfortable plugging the name of the company? Oh, sure. It's called Laser Gifts. Been Laser around for gifts. 35 years. All local here? Local here. I had no idea. Out on 3240 kind of Tower Road. I remember that from when I used to work for FedEx. <laughs> 3250. Ah, I am the no, worst. No, no. You I, they moved. So dumb. <laughs> yeah. Haven't moved, but yeah. It, that's why they were always out in the rain on the wrong side of the parking lot. <laughs> off by 10. I'm that's still waiting the, for some their stuff. Their packages we, uh, are blown down the road. Now, what do you do for Head Start, Anna? Okay, so, well, I am what's called an early Head Start home-based visitor, so I work with prenatal through three. Oh, neat. Yeah, and we prepare them um, for preschool, so I work with the families, with the parents. I want to know what you do for the prenatal kids for preschool. <laughs> no, it's, well, it's a com- that's kind of a separate program. <laughs> She sings songs through a megaphone directly into well, the mother's belly. Did you know? Okay, check this out. Did you know that um, development in the first five years of life um, significantly impacts the rest of your life? Oh, yeah. Yes, I Especially did. Especially in the womb. I so what I that. do is I coach the moms into certain things and whatnot. Very nice. I like that. That's that's. It's awesome. I love it. Concept. We um, and we're always accepting applications. <laughs> like our our, like I said, you know. It's, we we were old when we found out that we were uh, we were going to have an addition to our family. So all most of our friends are either grandparents or 
you know, they got kids that are out of out of the house. So my son, when he was born, he 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 stayed with my wife during the day and with us and my extended family locally. Bunch of old people. That's all he was with for like three years, and we started thinking he's never around kids. He's just not. But he was carrying on full conversations. Mm-hmm. He was reading at three. He was a little forty-year-old midget. We said he's going to be going to kindergarten in a couple of years. We got to get him into some kind of interaction with kids. So we we have a friend of ours at one of the companies I do a lot of photo work for has a couple of uh, preschools in the area. So we talked with her. We got we got him into one of the preschools here in Chino, and he hated it. He was known in the class as the crying boy for months because I would drop him off in the morning. And he started in the, in the late winter, early spring, so he'd show up at 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, bundled up because it was cold, and he would cry. And then I would pick him up at 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and he's now sweating in his coat, crying. <laughs> what, he, he would not take his coat off because he knew Pop was coming to pick him up, and he wanted to be ready. It took him oh, that's a couple of months. Yeah, yeah that's him. pretty sad. It took, so but, so I, I was always, because my schedule's really fluid. At that point, my wife started working during the day again. So she could, I would like escape and go like take him. <laughs> and I'd get yelled at. No, he's got to learn. He's got to learn. And it was a couple of months in. And I went to go pick him up one afternoon. And I get a text on the way over, and she would text me, he's having a rough day today, or he's doing okay, he had a good day. And I got a text from the director, and she goes, he's having a fantastic day today. Oh, great. So I roll in about 3.30 to go pick him up. And he's at the front desk, signing in the other parents, (laughs) (laughs) answering the phone. And I walk in, I go, what's going on? She's laughing. She goes, yeah, he was having a rough morning, so I brought him up here. She goes, I'll bring him up to the front every once in a while. He, can, he gets along great with the staff and the parents. Doesn't really react with the kids real well. So at least he was earning so his keep and you was, got a well, discount. And he was, he, was, he was getting used to being in the building. So she said, if you behave all morning in the afternoon, you can spend 20 minutes with me at the desk. I wasn't aware she had been doing this for a couple of weeks. Well, this day they were shorthanded. So at about 11 o'clock, she brings him to the front desk, and she goes, yeah, he's been answering phones all morning. They're going to need to get him a paycheck. <laughs> no, well, Aren't they, there child yeah. labor laws no, against they, this? No, he works full-time for me now. I, yeah. I had to lug an equipment yeah. today. Started, yeah. Matt showed up but, to pick him up, and he said, all right, Dad, when are you going to get a real job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's, he's, was doing great, and within three or four days after that, she, it, it had extended. Okay, if you're good, you can spend the last five minutes. At the desk. And then after that, you know, after about a week and a half, she would go get him to come to the desk and he'd say, no, no, can I, can I stay in the classroom? So it worked. It worked fine. And then by the time he started kindergarten, he was, you know, he's running the place. He was fine. He so. was running the school. But yeah, it was, uh, it was heartbreaking to drop him off yeah. and know he was just going to be balling. And I had that temptation to go steal him every day. I was like, nah, it's not going to do him any good. He's got to, mm-hmm. you know, he's got to, he's got to earn his sea legs, you know. Don't worry, the time will come where now he doesn't want to see you anymore. No, it's pretty close to that now. Yeah. He's a smart kid, so he knows, uh, he knows I'm a fraud. I see my son. <laughs> I see my son if he needs food, money, or a compu- borrow my computer. My wife likes to tell people she had. I have one child. He's ten. She has two kids. One's fifty-three and one's ten. <laughs> Uh, so I, he spends a lot of time with me. My office is my home. So he spends a lot of time with me after school and, uh, and uh, before I get him ready for school every day. And, and then she has to then correct all the damage I do uh, when she gets home from work. So it's a, it's, I think it's a good partnership. It's a good partnership. It te- teaches the kid how to be adaptable by changing yeah. modes throughout yeah. the day. It's like, okay, dad's here. And, I can do and to be Or res- manipulative. No, no, and to be responsible because yeah. I'm not. So he, he, you know, he's, he's working on a checkbook. He's, uh, he knows how to balance the budget. He's <laughs> way better at that stuff than I am. Yeah, he's a good kid. He's a good little midget. Can we say midget anymore? No? It's not PC. Is it? No. Nah. Vertically challenged. Vertically challenged. I've heard that one for years. I personally prefer fun sized. Fun sized. <laughs> that gets a little questionable. Mini. Yeah. That sounds. That sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs>
that's not necessarily a bad thing. So have you <laughs> have you done any stand up yourself, Amos? I've always been tempted and also intimidated by it. I think that yeah. for my own comedy evolution, it's the next step. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, you're talking earlier about the, you know, why people do the improv. Yeah. And for me, uh, the shows are great. Uh, it's great to hear getting that feedback from the audience of, you know, so you know when you did well and when you did. But right now, you know, uh, we tend to rehearse every other Sunday, and then yeah. for the for the few weeks leading up to the show, it's every Sunday. And for me, it's a, it's like therapy. It's an outlet for me to really to where you can just you can cut loose in any direction you really want to with improv because you can you can play a serious character you can play a ridiculous character you can you can play the straight man you can go overboard with physicality you really get all these different elements to play with uh, but it's all made up on the spot yeah and, and the thing with stand up is you kind of have to have things kind of in mind ahead of time and just that 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 confidence to know that it's going to work we're supposed to have stuff ahead of time I know I've been doing something wrong. Yeah, at least that's what I've read from people who have done it, I guess. You, you bring but, up an interesting part because it, it, it is listed, you know, everybody associates improv with comedy, but it's not always that. It's, it it kind of goes wherever the... It's a very interactive. Yeah. So it can go in some very dark uh, dark spots. It can go in some very serious It, it really is. As well. And sometimes, you know, um, I know for me, I, sometimes I can be really funny uh, off of a prompt. Where yeah. you know you you know it's just just like people normally in conversation you can get that that one funny guy you work with but you say something and he's got a quick rebuttal but that's yeah. you know and that's some of where my my talent is where you can create something off of something but creating something on your own is a lot more intimidating trying to come yeah. up with with that whole construct and things that are going to work and I've been and I've been working on some things and I, that I think are are pretty good and decent but I I have not had the uh, the fortitude to go try them anywhere in front of an actual audience. And that's something for the listener to keep in mind uh, with with improv. It can go various directions. It can kind of go wherever. It's very interactive. So if you are planning on attending the October 5th, 7 p.m. show at the Prescott Elks Theater, be aware that while uh, while it is going to be a fun night, it, it's kind of up to you, the audience, to uh, to see the theme of the show and where it goes and uh, and what kind of turns it takes, so keep that in mind. With it also comes to content that way. You're never sure where where it will go. Uh, we Sometimes also we're really over the top with those fiddlesticks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you you three are are in the mood, I don't know if you're aware of it. Right here at uh, the Raven Cafe in Prescott on Cortez Street, the third Thursday of every month, starting at 7-ish, 7.38, whenever that guy right over there, Sean, who hosts it, whenever he decides to uh, to start the music, yeah, whenever he decides to sober up from his extracurricular activities on the sidewalk. They call that professional sampling. Yeah. they got to make sure they're serving good beer, and they do. <laughs> he, uh, They run a mixed open mic, music, improv, uh, stand up, storytelling, poetry, whatever you want to do. There's a good four or five of us that uh, that are here on a monthly basis to do stand up. We are working on. We had some things lined up. We, being the Mile High Show, had been working on a comedy only open mic to run on a monthly or quarterly basis uh, somewhere here in the Prescott Prescott Valley area. Still working on the details, trying to figure out where we can lock in. I'd like to do it every month. Um, and lock that into a set, whether that be the you know the first Wednesday or second, whatever it is, every month, the same place, same time, same date. And uh, with all the music stuff going on, it's kind of hard to lock in a venue for that. But we are trying. So fi- follow uh, Mile High Show at milehighshow.com for info on that as we get information and also on our our social media stuff there. So other than the October 5th show, uh, are those the only public opportunities for people to see you guys perform? Do you do any, are any of the classes open for people to come in? We What's do. the process for people to take part in this? We've brought in some experts for a workshop before, uh-huh. and I know we're looking at doing another one in the fall. You did, I think, a Cinco de Mayo show? Yeah, it, okay. it yeah. was. And uh, we brought in Chris Sherland and... I wasn't at a Cinco de Mayo party. I wasn't there. I not remember the other guy's name, but they were both fantastic. Yeah. Uh, they work uh, in California mostly, and they came in and led us in some workshops, and that nice. was open to the public. 
Um, and then we did a just a really informal performance that night. Now, other than exercising these muscles on stage and preparing for the October 5th show at the Elks Theater, 7 p.m., get your tickets at prescottelkstheater.com. Uh, other than that and your every other week uh, rehearsals and practices and classes, how do you take, what are some ways, let's start with Anna, how do you, what are some ways that you are taking what you've learned in your past experience with improv, what you're learning now with Mile High Comedy Theater, how are you using that, or are you able to use that in other aspects of your life? Oh, absolutely. It's at the point where I feel like life is one big improv act. <laughs> Not even kidding, you guys. You like, get up as you go. You do, because think of it this way. Like Amos was saying, like the art of it, as opposed to preparing in advance, stand-up, and that's got, obviously, that's got its... Yeah. It, it's all got its... its um, it's power, you know, it's uniqueness. But the thing about improv is it's like actively creating the character. Like it's like a co-creation. It's like a co-creation process. It's like um, it's a living art. Yeah. Because I, I mean, my background's in acting and musical theater and stuff. I've just been doing it since I was born. So to yeah. me, it's like second nature. You know, um, but not not improv, but acting in general. Just in general, performing, but improv, and yeah, and creating just, exactly. Because yeah. like you know how you have those boring ass conversations with people in your, you know, people on the phone, like your, you know, your aunt, the I people at the office but a lot of at work. That talk to me, do you know, like those like <laughs> small talk and stuff like that. Like yeah, you, you know that stuff doesn't need to happen because, like I said, you incorporate the things yeah. that because it is it does actually change your brain when you. Um, practice these kind of strategies it does because it doesn't just have to be funny it can be um, for instance like being charismatic or convincing on the spot one of the things that I because we all get kind of get in ruts as we're you know you go to the grocery store you're just you're not even thinking oftentimes I'll have something plugged in my head I'll be listening to something and just kind of zombie like wandering through the store getting what I need I've kind of forced myself in recent months, in the last couple of years, to leave the phone in the car, specifically when I go grocery shopping or when I go to the store. And I try, and because it, it, I, I, I have no background in improv whatsoever. It terrifies me just even to think about. That means you got to do it. I, I, so what, in a way, I kind of am. What I do, and it drives my wife nuts, and it's starting to drive my son nuts, is... I will kind of improv when I go to the store. I make a point. My wife says, well, here, there's no waiting at the self-checkout. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to go through the line, and I'm going to carry on a conversation with that checker. I'm going to carry on a conversation with that person in front or in back of me in line because what it does for me is it gets me out of my bubble. It makes me think. It makes me try. And I guess, I mean, this is the wrong way to turn it, but kind of to, not to be interesting, but just to interact with people because otherwise with this you know social media with being self-employed interacting with yeah it's kind of like i i'm i can very easily go through a full day and never speak to anybody and that's not healthy mentally or physically exactly and even when we're out and about how often do we just lock into a right. phone or doing a so i make points when i have a chance to interact with people I force myself to do that. So that's kind of a way of, of a little bit of improv. Exactly. And improv is all about connection. And, and, and it drives my son nuts because he'll, I'll, I'll, he'll ask me, he goes, did you know that person? Nope. Had no idea. Nope. But you were talking about their kids and where they live and what. Yeah. Well, you talk don't about... Don't do that. <laughs> it's kind of an East Coast thing, Now we understand too. why you're driving home so late at night. <laughs> well, I'm Watch having out for this guy. I'm having way. conversations with myself <laughs> at that point. No, but you talk about the comfort zone. And for me, improv was a way out of it. Very few people that I work with have come to our show. I think only one, actually. And I'm a different person. When I'm at work, I have to watch what I'm saying. I have to, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. responsible. I'm representing something beyond myself. When we're in the, on the stage or when we're in rehearsal, there is a complete trust that I can say anything and they're going to pick it up and bring it back and there's no judgment about what I'm saying. It's connection. Yeah. We did a show, when we did our first show back in um, September, we were playing a game that was a, basically it's an alphabet game 
an acronym game where you just throw in random letters and the other person has to come up for an acronym that explains that. Well, I kept throwing in numbers. <laughs> and, yep, Caesar just went with it and threw it right into the equation. And, and there was no, well, why'd you do that? You totally yeah. screwed it. You know, it's just complete yes, trust and. and faith. And nice. we know we can count on each other. to. If Anna drops the ball, I'm going to pick it up. Yeah. Not that she ever does. <laughs> Never. But, but the the uh, there was that one time. That was the orb. That, that's what <laughs> you know when I when I started because I years ago I'm I'm prob- well I, I'm not even going to guess where you guys are at but probably before you were born uh, mid '80s I was doing quite a bit of open mics in in where I grew up. Which was in San Francisco Bay Area. That's where I'm from. Whereabouts? I grew up in the South Bay. Oh, I, I went to San Hayward, Jose State. Hayward, born and raised. I lived in I lived Whoa. in Milpitas. I lived in San Leandro. Milpitas. Yeah. The I jewel all, of the bay. Oh, yeah. All the <laughs> Actually, I lived in Hayward for a while, too. Uh, I saw Full House as a kid. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Synchronicity. I was just listening to an interview with... Uh, anyway, it was a, a John Stamus whole connection. Um, uh, but I, I did... In, in mid-'80s, for a few years, I was doing quite a bit of open mics. And uh, in connection with a bunch of comics that I knew who then moved out of the area. If you remember, that, that's a big comedy boom around the country, but really, really uh, hardcore in the Bay Area. And uh, when they moved, these guys that I was, I was palling around with, uh, I just stopped. And I didn't, never went back on stage until about three years ago. Oh, wow. And did one show and didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, and then didn't do anything else for a few months, then went down specifically. I, I, I work with a lot of the musicians here in the area, and they had mentioned, hey, if you want to come up and do, you know, like open up a music, you know, when we're doing, playing music, you can do a few minutes in front of you. I tried it a couple of times, didn't like it because I knew people in the audience. So I started going down to Phoenix to hit open mics. And that's part of the thing, what you're saying, mm-hmm. when you can go into a class mm-hmm. and have no fear of failing because you know they'll pick up the ball. Our goal or, is to fail yeah, or to make each other fail. Yes, and they'll, yes, Angie, and carry you to the next Absolutely. step. Absolutely. In my head on stand-up is I don't mind failing. If I can fail in front of people I will never see again, then I don't care. That, that's my plan for stand-up. It's, yeah. it's not going to be a local thing. There might be somebody I see again, and then I'll have to hide my head in shame. <laughs> This is from a man who the first time I saw him in a show was dressed as a mermaid. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious as to where that level of shame hits because well, well, we I just d- heard you went on stage naked. I did, so <laughs> you should I, I do stand-up naked. That way you can't fail. That's true. I can have a whole hands-free mic. Uh. <laughs> where would you clip the lav? I'm just curious. <laughs> I think you know. He has nipple rings. <laughs> Well, no, I, I think the the big difference for me mentally is uh, comedy, especially stand up. It's something that you come up with, and it's you as you presenting something that your own solo. Art. If I go on stage, and uh, the one time I, did, I did, went on stage naked, or I went on stage dressed as a mermaid, or I've gone on stage in various things that normally you wouldn't do, but that's a show written by somebody else. You're playing a part that you didn't create. You're representing something that's somebody else. There's a little bit of a yeah. distinction there. But if it's something, it's your baby that you, you, you came up with, you came up with the concepts, you wrote it, you figured out how to make it so that you could time the jokes and you could make everything funny, and then you present it, if it falls flat, that's your baby that yeah. just died on stage. Versus if I do everything technically perfect in a show and there's no reaction, I'm like, that script sucked. That's not my fault. you <laughs> got to trust different. yourself. Yeah. you got to trust it's, yourself it's with stand-up. It's different for me to sell somebody else's baby than my own. You, what's odd for me is I will do oh, for several months I never repeated a set you know five seven minutes whatever it was never repeated it because I was just trying new stuff new stories new new lines then in recent months I've started trying to hammer out a set five minutes ten minutes whatever so I'm repeating mm-hmm. trying to hone what, I, what I've got Weed out the garbage on there. And you'll go into one room, word and phrase it exactly the same, get a great laugh on one show, hop in your car, go down the road, do another, the same exact words, and get zilch. Nothing. And it's like, how? 
how do you clean that up? How do you how do you determine was that just not people not paying attention? Was it not paying attention either way? They weren't paying attention and just laughed, or they weren't they weren't paying attention, didn't hear you. Or is it just garbage and needs yeah. to be thrown out? For me, I gained a lot of confidence as far as work. I haven't actually done it, but working myself up to try it uh, from from two comics, that, you know, and successful ones. And one was um, I, I was listening to, to one of the comedy channels, and uh, and some some George Carlin came on, and later some more George Carlin came on, and I heard three or four different versions of basically his yeah. same set, and one killed, and one wasn't. Even to me, as uh, you know, yeah. and I'm a fan. And but you could tell that he was playing smaller clubs, and these are old recordings where he was working the the working yeah. the nuance of his bit out. And this is Carlin. I mean, he's a legend. Um, and the other one was uh, an interview that Jerry Seinfeld did with John Oliver, who now hosts you know yeah. l- last week tonight, and he's got his own HBO special on on the weekly, and he's and he's successful. But he did a show, he did a, he did a stand up show, and four people showed up, <laughs> and uh, and he's and he's doing his show, and then one of the couples left, and then he's doing his show for two people. And the guy gets up and says, "I have to use the restroom." So he leaves. So he continues his, his show. One person. So his the the woman's still there, and then she grabs her purse to leave, and she goes, "So you're leaving then?" And she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I think so." And then so everybody's gone, and he's just got the sound engineer, and the sound engineer says to him, "He's like, so are we going on?" He's like, "No, no, no, it's over. <laughs> They've all left." I'm like, "This is a guy who's in, you know yeah. now he's 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 super successful. He's a ho- he's hilarious. I mean, I I love his his stuff." And he did a show for four people, and a hundred percent of them walked out. You know, so, so really, you can't base your performance on an audience yeah. if you only do it one time, which gives me a little bit of confidence to go try it. And if it's bad, it doesn't mean I was bad. I got to go be bad again to know that yeah. I was bad. The beauty of the Ravens Third Thursday spectacular that they do—it's their their talent night, their open mic—is there's because uh, I've done several open mics in like down in the valley or up in Flagstaff where a good portion of the room are just the next comics waiting to get up. Uh, actually, Flagstaff has a good room at Southside where out of the 10 comics that are there for the open mic, there's 30 people in the audience that are not there to perform. So it's a pretty neat neat setup. Here, the vast majority of the folks that come to the uh, Ravens Thursday night are audience members, and they're extremely supportive, whatever you're going to do. Whether that be tell a few jokes, tell a story, read a poem, play a song, whatever. Uh, it's a very supportive room. It's a really good room just to try stuff in. They're also here for the fantastic high-quality craft beers yes. and the high-quality tasty menu items. <laughs> so it's, I, I it strongly encourage you to come. The, the next one is next Thursday. I, I won't be here. I'll be out of town at... Oh, good. That'll be one less theater. person that I know. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a really good it's a really good night. What what do you do now, work wise? What do you what's your vocation? I um I am in the high paced, exciting world of selling car parts. Oh, where at? Can uh, you Lamb plug Chevrolet. It? Yeah. Lamb. Yeah. My wife worked there for a while. Ed Walsh still there? Yep. Yep. He's yeah. he's still there. Uh, <laughs> love you, Ed. You're a really nice guy. This is public, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was there for a few years. Oh. Oh, oh, 04 to oh, 05 to like oh, 07, oh, 08. That's before me. I've been there yeah. for seven years, though. It's a good company. Yeah. I, I do, I, I well, I, I, get, I get tired of people too quick. It's the longest job <laughs> I've ever held for seven years. You know, so. parts department? Yeah. Nice, nice. So, what else you guys got to plug? What do you, what do you, what else do you do? Any other performing outside of Mile High Comedy Theater? Go. I'm a really horrible in. musician. Where do you play? And what? In. My garage. You don't come out to any of the mics here in town? That's why I brought it up. I, I'm going to someday. Come on down next yeah. Thursday night right here at the Raven. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. We could do a duet. I'll tell bad jokes. You play bad music. It'll be great. Yes. What, you we can all sit in the I audience was actually and look at inspired. like a really bad audience member just stone-faced. <laughs> <laughs> well, I play guitar and, and sing, but my music, well, a lot of, it all started really to comically because since it's bad... It made people laugh. So well, no, because originally I started I started teaching myself guitar because Adam Sandler and his like Hanukkah yep. songs and all that was a big inspiration for me as a kid. And like Phoebe on Friends. I am way older than you guys, aren't I? Yeah, I was born in the mid '80s when you were doing your thing. Uh, yeah, you're like I was playing comedy shows in the mid '80s, and I was like, you know what? Um, I would have been working with 
Anya's grandma at Head Start. (laughs) (laughs) That's a rectangle. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How about you? Any other creative outlets or do you you save it all for With work full-time, parenting full-time, I do what I can. I would love to, like I said, I'd love to audition for some of the shows. I can't sing. Nobody wants me to sing. It's awful. When my daughter was two, she said, Mommy... Don't don't sing. <laughs> so I try not to. I so. had a neighbor tell me that one time because I yeah. sang in the shower and really thin walls in our apartments. She goes, don't do that anymore. Unfortunately, <laughs> Prescott does a lot of musicals. Yeah. So yeah. I don't go out for those, and I, everybody else thanks me for that. I was at a karaoke bar last week, and I was it was it was late. Uh, I was I was covering Metallica's Master of Puppets, and some guy came up to me and he said, "Are you in a cover band?" And I said, "Are you drunk?" <laughs> <laughs> I was in a bar, so it, you know, it was like you know, 11.30, so yeah. yeah. Well, I've started something recently that uh, I don't know why, just because I was bored. I closed out the show by asking my guests a couple of questions. So let's start with Liz. Yes, sir. They're making a life story of you who plays the lead. Living or dead? I'm going to go with Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Nice. Nice. What genre movie is it? Rom-com, but I don't get to be the hero. (laughs) I'll be be the the duff. And who does the soundtrack? Or what style soundtrack is it? 80s. I got to have my Bowie. Yeah. Nice. 80s music. Anna, on you. Who plays the lead? Ooh, um... Ellen Page. Ellen Page. I'm not familiar with Ellen Page. No. Why would I know, know Ellen Page? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she was the architect in Inception. Okay. I'd probably know the face. I'll have to look at it. And what genre movie is this? Is it a comedy? Is it a tragedy? Is it a, a thriller? Are chainsaws involved? It's going to be a foreign film. It's really it's weird. Gonna- and only... <laughs> Only certain people understand that is it. So accurate. Will there be subtitles? It's totally film noir. <laughs> yes. Black and subtitles white. Subtitles only. No yeah, the, sound. There will be subtitles, but they're going to change week to week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be in three different languages and in no particular order. Are they filming this in black and white? I'm thinking maybe a Jarmish, Jim Jarmish, maybe filming uh, directing yep. this. Nice. Black and white, silent. Lots of subtitles. What kind of soundtrack? Ooh. I'm going to say it's... I, would, I want Snoop Dogg to make my soundtrack. Interesting. Now, I forgot to ask you, Liz. We'll, we'll, we'll ask Anna and then bring it back to you. Is this taking place now in your life? Is this going to be uh, you at an earlier age, at a younger age, at an older age? When's this happening? Me first? Yeah. Ooh. This is in a potential future reality gotcha. timeline that I cross through a uh, mirror portal in a dream. I think I want to see this. And who knows? It may be, in, uh, it may be reviewed on uh, Real Film Nerds <laughs> podcast that Maddie here hosts. Liz. What, what, what time of your life does this take place? I think it's at my funeral, all in flashback. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time anyone's going to have the guts to really say what they want to me. <laughs> I'd say that for mine, but nobody's going to be there. <laughs> Amos, oh. back to you. Who plays you? Uh, Amelia Clark. She's adorable. She <laughs> and, and looks good in... Gold Beard. underwear, I guess. <laughs> I, uh. I, I think this is going to be a uh, horrorotica movie <laughs> set in the future simply because I want to go see it now and I don't like surprise endings, so I want to know how this whole show goes down. What kind of soundtrack? Sounds like maybe heavy metal? It's going to be heavy. I don't know. It's going to be a little bit of a psych rock, maybe some Les Claypool, some of his side project stuff, a little spacey. Nice, nice, nice. Where do they show this? Is this... Uh, only at the Cineplex? Is it only on uh, in an art house? Is I, it? Do you got to drop quarters in a machine to see it? What's going on? <laughs> well, when I was in London, I went to a to a bar called The World's End. It was this very alternative kind of like it looked like Dracula's Dungeon kind of a bar, 
And underneath there was a bar called the Underground, and I feel like that's what it is. It's not advertised. You just have to know yeah. somebody who knows somebody. It's only open on certain nights, and that's where you go to see it. Interesting. Very sticky floor. I anticipate a very sticky floor yes. at this Ooh. showing. Yes. Very sticky <laughs> don't wear floor with no explanation. Don't, don't wear <laughs> flip-flops to this. I used to say for mine, who was going to play me, was going to be Artie Lang. And then I saw a picture of him the other day, and he looks in pretty good shape after seven months in the, uh, in the rehab facility. So I got to switch it. He can't play me anymore. You know Bobby Kelly? Do you know the comic Bobby Kelly, comic and actor? That sounds so familiar. Used to yeah, be in, uh, but I can't play. Yeah, he, I think he's it for me, and it's got to be uh, not now. That's a boring movie. Me in my twenties, and uh, Tom Waits is doing that soundtrack. It's going to be like a heart attack in Vine era. Tom Waits Tom, soundtrack and cameo. I think I think he has to be in there somewhere. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah, San Francisco in the uh, in the early eighties for me. It'll be a, a mix between the big sleep and uh, Scarface, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was an interesting time. I think I don't know. I don't know. I am so glad I grew up, at, uh, you know, before social media, because while there were a lot of video and uh, and photographic records of my escapades i was taking the pictures for the most part that's my i'm a photographer by trade and have been for uh, a few decades and uh i have lots of incriminating photos of the people i grew up with none of me oddly enough that's that legal yeah. phrase too too grainy to be intim- incriminating <laughs> well i want to thank you all for uh sitting down and taking uh taking some time uh to talk with me uh Amos Owen, Anna McCullough, Mac- I'm going to butcher that. Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Liz Rogers. want to thank the good folks at the Raven Cafe for letting us take up space. If you are and you should be picking up tickets to the Mile High Comedy Theater show on October 5th at 7 p.m., check out the ticket pricing and uh, process to get those at PrescottElksTheater.com. Follow the Mile High Comedy Theater on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I don't know. Just search them. You'll find them. Please follow us, The Mile High Show, on those social media platforms as well. All of our back episodes and uh, and future announcements will be at milehighshow.com. Uh, don't forget, Alvarez Tire, 1574 South Highway 89, gave us a killer, killer deal on a set of four tires for my truck. Uh, Big Daddy's Barbecue, BDEBBQ.com, great supporter of our podcast and of the local arts and music scene in and around Prescott and Chino Valley, Arizona. And, of course, we will be featured next week on the 19th as a featured podcast. Uh, I think Andy Steinberg will be my guest. We're going to try and sit down with some other other guests throughout the weekend. But our big show, 1 o'clock in the afternoon at the Green Room in Flagstaff. Uh, for the Big Pine Comedy Festival. Information on that is available at bigpinecomedyfestival.org. And if you hang around throughout the evenings through the 22nd, you just might see me on stage at some of the open mics. And I may be lurking in the wings on October 5th at the Mile High Comedy Theater at the Elks Theater. Thanks for tuning in.